you know, his defense will lapse a couple times. So we take advantage of that, and then it's definitely not a question of a late-round stoppage or a quick knockout or anything can happen, you know. And do you think that the power that you have at middleweight, which is obviously very good, uh, you will take that with you at 170 pounds? Oh, yeah, because, you know, I walk around 76, you know, 75, and uh, we could definitely, if I want to let myself go, get to 85, but we don't, you know, we're still fighting at middleweight, but, um, you know, my natural body weight's, you know, a little bit above 170, so I think um, with being able to eat more and keeping my body uh, energized and refreshed, and I'll definitely have more snap on my punches at that weight, too. Great. Uh, thank you, Kelly. Bob, could you comment, though, about uh, your take on uh, how big of a deal it would be? I mean, obviously you want Kelly to win the fight, but what kind of statement would it be to get a knockout win against somebody like Bernard with such a great chin? Well, you know, I'm an old baseball man, <laughs> and uh, it's just winning the game. I mean, you know, a home run is very, very dramatic, and, you know, a knockout is equivalent to a home run. But I'll take singles and doubles as long as my team has more runs than the other guy at the end of the game. Same way on this one. I just want Kelly to win the fight. I'm confident that he will. If the home run comes, if the knockout comes, great. If it doesn't come, I won't be disappointed. Okay, great. Thank you very much, guys. See you in Atlantic City. Dan, see you in Atlantic City. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question is coming from Michael David Smith. Please go ahead. Yeah, Kelly, uh, you touched on it a minute ago, but can you say specifically how much do you weigh right now, and is it an issue at all for you that, that you're moving up in a weight class? No, not at all. I mean, you know, I haven't asked that, couple, that question, but if you go back to uh, box rec and look at a couple of my fights up to I mean, four years ago, there was three fights where I fought at 159, and they were stoppages. Um, you know, the weight to me is not a, a big deal at all. It's actually me where you know like I said earlier I, I have more energy I have more snap on my punches more bounce and uh, going in there I mean it's not an issue for me my weight right now is about 71 72 so uh, you know we're, we're right on top of it I mean don't have to kill myself to make weight and, and I'll be ready to go and, and overall has it has weight been even an issue as far as your conditioning I mean did you do things like lift weights more or anything like that as you got in shape for this fight? No, you know, um, we didn't lift more because I, I, I still lift weights, but we don't do anything where it's heavy, you know, where it's muscle mass. Um, we just stick to our regular plan with lifting like we always have. Um, you know, we have this other workout that we do with the Ironman. We just picked up one more day on that, you know, and, and running. We did a little more heels and stuff like that, um, but not being afraid to add any muscle to the legs. So, but I think pretty much the training has been the same. I mean, there hasn't been much of a change at all. Thanks, Kelly. That's all I had. No problem. Okay, Elsa? Thank, thank you. Our next question is coming from Jordan Ingram. Please go ahead. Um, how you guys doing? Um, um, the question I had was uh, for Kelly Pally. Um, Kelly, um, you know, a lot of times people talk about this fight and they just make it seem like it's a B-Hop, the Wally veteran against, you know, um, real good up-and-comer in yourself. But uh, with six of your past seven fights actually having uh, championship implications, you know, um, do you think that you're a lot more experienced um, for this fight, heading into this fight, than, uh, than most people on the outside would actually give you credit for? Yeah, you know, um, that, that's, been a, that's actually a good question there. Um, 
you know, first of all, Zartucci, yeah, he didn't have the name of the Taylor or, or Hawkins or Winky Wrights, but he was a, a fighter that was rugged, tough. He had a great amateur background. Um, we went in there and we beat him, and I learned a lot in that fight. Then we turned around and fight Edison Miranda, who nobody fights, and who was a monster, who was a dangerous fighter. We went in there and we beat him, and we stopped him. Then we come back and we fight Taylor, not once but twice, who beat Hopkins twice. You know, controversial or not, he beat Hopkins, and we fought him. And then we turn around and fight a kid with a lot of European experience. You know, over in Europe, we've had a lot of fights. So, I mean, I think I touched every aspect of a fighter, you know, South American fighters, American fighters that are agile and quick and experienced, and then, you know, European fighter, and plus with my amateur background, um, I think my experience is, is very well. And also, you know, we have Bronco McCart that I fought. That was a very experienced fighter that's been there with a lot of great fighters. So, um, you know, my ex uh, my experience level right now is, you know, every bit as high uh, as most of the other fighters out there. Is it as high as Hopkins? No, but mine hasn't been as high as a lot of fighters that I fought early in my career. Um, do you are you coming in this fight with really high expectations? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, yeah, like you said, Esmeralda, great fighter. A lot of people don't want to fight him. I mean, Arthur Abraham beat him, but a lot of people don't want to fight him. But just like, um, do you do you think about um, like, do you come in this with high expectations? I mean, because this is like probably your most high profile fight that you've had so far. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's, I don't think it's as high profile as Taylor, just due to the fact, you know, Taylor did um, dethrone Hopkins, but uh. You know, as speaking of options, I mean, he's two uh, two weight class division uh, champion, world champ. Um, you know, he's never been convincingly. Um, so this way for me, I mean, I think I could, especially after watching the Kalsagi fight, I think I could definitely go in there and win this fight convincingly. You know, um, stoppage or or just a unanimous decision. Uh, that's going to be a, a huge, huge uh, victory for me, and you know, and I have a lot of uh, a ton of confidence going into this fight with Hopkins. Also, you know, let's say, uh, all right, let's say take it forward that you beat, that you're that you're able to beat Beehive. You know, um, you know, you said like you can kind of walk around with the weight that you have now. Like, would the thought be, you know, um, like would the thought be to maybe think about going forward, maybe uh, going fighting at a higher weight? Well, that's, that's something in the future. You know, main thing is, you know, the 18th. Um, yeah, that's definitely in the future. Um, but we still got business at middleweight after we after we take care of hockey. Um, basically, also, um, as far as tough fights in, in the middleweight division, and uh, as far as tough fights in the middleweight division, do you look at it like um, like there's a lot of tough fights, or there's not like a whole lot of like real big fights left? I mean, there's Arthur Abraham there, but do you look at like past Arthur Abraham, seeing as though you've beaten some of the top guys like like uh, at the time Jermaine Taylor and Edison Miranda? Um, do you think that there's a lot a lot of good um, fights from a financial perspective that are left for you in the middleweight division going forward. You know, there could be, and I hate to do this to you on a long question like that, but as all fighters say, you know, main, mostly and foremost is the 18th. You know, um, you know, we this fight's not for the middleweight title, so we know the middleweight championship's going to be there, and we could talk about that, you know, after the 18th. But right now, focus is on Hopkins. Uh, Jordan, thank you very much. I thank you. Uh, they have great questions, and really appreciate it. Um, Elsa, let's move on. Thank you. Our next question is coming from Joe Maxey. Please go ahead. Kelly, hey, uh, obviously talked to you plenty before, but just to go over, um, there's a good chance Hopkins is going to try something early in this fight to uh, upset you, especially in the way of fouling. 
And I don't know, how, how much time have you spent, if you can, can you even train for, for somebody to, you know, he's probably going to try to do something to, you know, a fire rise to, to get you out of your game. Have you been able to work on that? Yeah, yeah, you definitely. I mean, we get guys in the gym sparring that will do things. Um, mainly it's to not give him a chance, Even and he is going to get a hold of me. But um, the main thing is if you watch Calzaghe fight, you know, the second half of the fight, Calzaghe played the same game that Hopkins did, and Hopkins was the one turning to the referee, pointing and telling him that Joe was being dirty on the inside. And it kind of took Hopkins away the second half of the fight from his, his game plan and his strategy. So, I mean, that right there was a, um, a big thing, watching films on Hopkins. And also, I mean, he, he's never really fought a guy of my size and strength on the inside. I mean, you, you, the only big guy he's fought was Tarver, but Tarver wasn't really in the, in the top of his game at that during that fight. But, um, you know, with me, I mean, he's fought a lot of great, great fighters, and he beat them, but a lot of them guys were smaller fighters. Um, so it's going to be a little harder for him to try to roughhouse on the inside and get away with uh, dirty tactics because, first of all, he's going to have to use a lot more energy. Second of all... You know, um, it goes both ways on that. So. <laughs> and I think I think we we talked about. I mean, you're going to fight it at your pace. I think we, people should watch to see that pace early and and see how you dictate it. Definitely, uh, I'm not changing anything. So uh, you keep up, and, and and if he tries to keep up, that defense of, of his is eventually something's going to open up. So. Thank you. From. Thank you. Our next question is coming from Lou Callie. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, folks. Uh, this is for Jack, uh, first of all. Obviously, Kelly is fighting probably the most experienced and uh, fighter he's fought so far and the savviest fighter. Uh, uh, Two-part question. A, how has the approach to the training changed at all? And second, has the choice of sparring partners partners altered at all, considering, uh, you know, you're going to have a, a fighter with, you know, basically all the tricks in the bag? Well, I mean, like Kelly said earlier, we you know we didn't train change anything for training. You know, we train as hard as we do for every fight. We train just as hard for Gary Lockett. Um, but we are fighting Bernard Hopkins. You know, but like we even Kelly even said earlier, you know, people are mistaking if they think that Kelly's a weak kid on the inside. You know, he's a six foot three middleweight that is extremely strong on the inside. And, uh, you know, don't be surprised if we put Bernard's nuts in his throat before he touches us low. You know, we, we're we just as rough as he is on the inside. So, you know, it's a tit for a tat. He, he fouls. We could do, you know, we, we could fight rough, too. So we're not concerned about his rough house tactics. You know, we're, we're, we're planning on going in there and fighting Bernard and do what we want to do, you know, and that's to make him fight at a, a really high rate and uh, throw a lot of punches. And, you know, Kelly lands 55% of his uh, power punches, you know, and, uh, you got a guy that throws 37 punches around versus a guy that throws close to 100, 103 punches around, 97 punches around him. I, uh, we, we haven't changed anything. We're going in there, and we're just going, and we're going to fight our fight. Has it been difficult to, to get a sparring partner that kind of simulates uh, what Hopkins does? No, we even got somebody there that looks just like Bernard. We brought in Byron Mitchell, and it's amazing how much he looks like Bernard, and uh, we've been teasing him about that. And, uh but we brought him in here. When, uh, we got James Countryman, which is a slick mover. Uh, he does a lot of the rolling with the shoulders. And uh, we brought a couple bigger, stronger guys. And, you know, uh, we're well prepared. We have we have plenty of sparring, and uh, that's one thing we did not lack. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay. Elsa, um, Bob, Bob has some things to announce about the show on Saturday. 
Yeah, first of all, uh, uh, tickets, uh, there are still some tickets left, uh, most of them in the lower price category. Uh, the response has been enormous. Uh, we've sold over 10,000 tickets uh, so far, and we expect the full house on the night of the fight. Uh, pay-per-view is going extremely well. Uh, we think the Kelly is going to surpass anything that he's done before on pay-per-view. Uh, the undercard is worth noting. Uh, Stephen Loeveno will defend his featherweight title against uh, Billy Dibb, an undefeated fighter from Australia. Uh, there's a WBC middleweight uh, world title eliminator, which should be uh, dynamite. Marco Antonio Rubio of Mexico uh, fighting Enrique Ornelas and... Uh, the winner of that fight could be down the line an opponent for Kelly. Uh, and then there's a 12-round NABO Bantamweight title fight. Abner, Abner Maris, uh, undefeated uh, fighter from Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, fighting against uh, Louis Melendez of Cartagena, Colombia. So it's a terrific opportunity. Uh, uh, Undercard that'll be part of the pay-per-view, which is forty-nine ninety-five, and uh, uh, prior to the uh, telecast uh, uh, for uh, international uh, 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 companies, will be uh, taking this entire event, and also I think it will be shown on the internet portals. Uh, Yuri Foreman. Uh, undefeated junior middleweight uh, from Brooklyn, New York, uh, faces Vinroy Barrett uh, of Nashville, Tennessee. So it's a good, good card, and uh, I uh, advise you to uh, tell your uh, readers or listeners uh, to get their tickets uh, quickly so that they don't get shut out uh, because it's getting to that point where we'll be sold out a good card. should be a great fight, and uh, I can't wait to see it. Great. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. And uh, let's go to the next question, please. Certainly. Our next question is coming from Bernard Fernandez. Please go ahead. Yeah, this question is for, for Kelly. Uh, Kelly, have you had much occasion you know, to, to speak to, to Boom Boom Mancini, and, uh, and uh, you know, can you kind of comment on how uh, you know, where you're popular and everything maybe has tracked like his has as the, uh, you know, the latest, um, you know, hero for uh, for Youngstown? Um, yeah, I've talked to Ray. Um, he comes in, you know, in the town uh, <clears throat> once in a while. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as the popularity, you know, I, I wasn't around much <laughs> when Ray was uh, popular, but um, he still carries a huge name in the area. I mean, he's still well-respected and and people still love him. I mean, no matter where he goes in Youngstown, people flock to him. So um, he was great for Youngstown, still is great for Youngstown. You know, he's still got guys out to Lake Carroll And, you know, hopefully, you know, down the line one day that, uh, you know, my name will still carry, you know, 15, 20 years after, after I retire. Am I good? Uh-huh. Bernie? Yeah, um, yeah, that was it. 
Thank you. Our next question is coming from Eduardo O'Hara. Please go ahead. Uh, Kelly, you are handsome, exciting, and a puncher. Uh, now, what do you think that you have to do to be a superstar with a cross appeal to people that doesn't follow boxing? Well, you know, uh, that's, that's a good question. I, I, I would imagine, you know, definitely I keep winning. You know, that's the first step. Um, you know, exciting fights, fighting the best fights out there is another key thing. So, um, and once once people start uh, getting attention of, you know, what I'm accomplishing, then uh, I think that's where everything starts skyrocketing. Okay, and uh, do you think that you 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 can take the place of Oscar De La Hoya after uh, De La Hoya retires? Well, you know, I, I don't know that. Um, it would be nice, you know. I, I got a little couple things against him. So all my looks, you know, he was more of a ladies' man. But uh, you know, I have no idea on that. Um, it would be nice, but my main thing is, you know, go in there, fight, win, and uh, move on to the next uh, so. Okay. Uh, uh, thank you, Kelly, uh, and good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Eduardo. It's good hearing from you. Our next question is coming from Igor Frank. Please go ahead. Kelly, um, my question to you is I want to know your thoughts on fighting. Nobody wants to fight Bernard Hopkins. Uh, he makes everybody look bad. So what are your thoughts about fighting? What are you fighting? What's my, uh, uh, you broke up there for a second. What was that question? Young 
and after the you know the Ike hurricane uh, storm that really did half a billion dollars damage in Ohio, do you feel any kind of pressure because so many people, especially young kids, they're looking up to you? Um, yeah, you feel a little pressure. I mean, there's been, especially you know going into the real title fight in the first match against Taylor. Um, you know, there was definitely pressure there, but you know, there's going to be pressure no matter you know if it's. 10 fights from now, you know, and, and 15 fights from now, there's going to be pressure. You want to constantly keep putting, you know, Young on the map and keeping it there in, in a positive way. So, um, yeah, there's a little pressure, but the, the, the toughest challenge comes is taking that pressure and setting it aside for four or five days or until a week and focusing on, you know, exactly what you have to do, and, and that's the main thing. And, uh, you know, we've been very uh, good with that, you know, from the first Taylor fight from actually the Miranda fight, the eliminator for the title fight. So, um, you know, that pressure, you know, we know how to deal with that. But yeah, there's a little bit of pressure, you know. So, But nothing, nothing that affects anything. The One, one last question. Did the Ike Storm uh, interfere with, in any way with your training? Oh, yeah. I got I got trees down in my yard, all through the park. I still got trees laying around. I haven't been able to run for about three weeks now. So, you know... No, I'm joking. No, it hasn't. It hasn't affected anything. Where we live at, you know, there hasn't been any. Uh, there was no damage or anything, so we're, we're good. As soon as they come cut this tree out of my yard, I'll be fine. Uh, thank you, thank you, Kelly. No okay, before we go, Bob, uh, let's review the fight week schedule, and and then we'll turn over to uh, Golden Boy. Okay, well, you can do that. Please. Well, on Tuesday, we'll be, uh, Kelly will be flying into New York City on, on Monday night, and we'll be at BB King's in New York on a Tuesday at noon for a press conference. And then on Thursday at Caesars, we, we will have a roundtable press meeting with all the pay-per-view fighters. Uh, that's at noontime at Caesars in Lenox City. And then Friday, we'll be at the weigh-in at 5 p.m. at Circus Maximus Theater. Uh, at Caesars, and then we'll, we will be first bell is 7 p.m. on Saturday, and uh, the pay-per-view on HBO begins at 9 p.m. So, Bob, it's a very exciting fight week. We can't wait to get to, to see Kelly and Jack, and um, we're ready to go. <laughs> we should have some good weather. We should yes. have some good weather. So no I think our, our good friend yeah. Kelly Swanson is with us. Kelly? I'm here. So Kelly's going to take it from here. She has Bernard, and... Um, we want to thank everyone for being on our half of the call. Uh, Bob, uh, parting comments? Kelly, uh, yeah, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Pavlik is probably tired from training, but Kelly Swanson is even more <laughs> tired from, from running the tour. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear from you, Kelly. I'm thank glad you. you're still okay. You're still up. I'm still alive. Yes, yeah, I am. Right. Right, Kelly thank Pavlik so and Jack Lowe, thank you. And we now turn the call over to Kelly Swanson. Okay, thanks, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you being on the call, and thanks, of course, to Kelly Pavlik for his great words. I think it's going to be an excellent fight. And now I'm that much more excited about this side of the call because, um, as uh, you all, as, he, as uh, Top Brank and Bob Aaron mentioned, it is now Bernard Hopkins and Golden Boy's turn uh, to talk about what, what is going to happen um, when Bernard faces Kelly Pavlik. Um, I know firsthand Bernard has been training really hard, really hard for this fight, and so I am, I'm going to back my man. But before we get to the main man, the executioner himself, I'm going to introduce Richard Schaefer, uh, Chief Executive Officer from Golden Boy Promotions, to uh, introduce the champ.
Richard. Thank you, Kelly, and uh, welcome everyone to today's call. It was very interesting. I was listening in to uh, Kelly's and Bob's comments, uh, and what really stood out, uh, it sounded like this is not really a fight Kelly nor Bob wanted, uh, and I think they probably know why, uh, because the difference is Bernard really wanted that fight. Bernard, throughout his career, has tested his skills against the best, and Kelly today in this particular weight class is, is the best. Uh, I was happy to hear that Kelly had a great camp but in, in, is in his best shape. That is what Bernard wants. He wants to fight the best Kelly Pavlik there is so that there will be no excuses when he wins. Throughout the last 15 years, Bernard has fought the best, from Trinidad to De La Hoya and pretty much everyone and anyone in between. 20 consecutive middleweight defenses, never been knocked out. Last time down about 15 years ago. Almost 70% of his fights he won by knockout. And the fact is today, you know, when you travel with Bernard from, from mainstream to the airports to everywhere, uh, he is together with Oscar, the most recognized fighter, which has really captured not just the boxing world but mainstream America. So it's really great to have uh, Bernard be back in the ring going against the best, and uh, on October the 18th, Kelly Pavlik will not be fighting B-Hop. He will be fighting the executioner. It's a pleasure now to introduce to you my friend, the legend Bernard Hopkins. Come on, Bernard. Thank you. Um, first, I'd like to say um, uh, my name is Bernard Hopkins, and uh, I approve the introduction <laughs> from uh, Richard. And everything else is, uh, is great. We're having a great camp here. And I didn't listen to... Uh, Kelly Pavlik and his people, uh, but I'm pretty sure they, they, they mean everything they say, and that will bring the best out of Bernard Hopkins. Um, he's not fighting Jermaine Teller. He's not fighting uh, Miranda. He's not fighting the other guy from Paris. I can't even mention his name, his last fight uh, from London, excuse me. But um, this is going to be a different, a different fight for Kelly Pavlik, and I'm just excited. I had a great camp, great team. Um, I'm just ready to go in a couple of days here of, of final fine-tuning and uh, headed to New York and then Atlantic City and then show everybody come October 18th, which is the 20-year anniversary of Bernard Hopkins fighting in Atlantic City uh, for my, you know, my first, first fight as a professional in 1988 with Clinton Mitchell, if the record reflects that. It, it's been brought to my attention. Um, by a boxing uh, uh, journalist. So, um, in saying that, I'm ready for all questions, and uh, like I said, I'm ready for October 18th to mention physically and to uh, shock the world again. Great. Thanks, Bernard. Okay, operator, we can go ahead and get started. Thank you. As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by one on your telephone keypad at this time. Once again, that is star followed by one to ask a question. Our first question is coming from Dan Raphael. Please go ahead. Hey, Bernard, how are you? Hey, Dan, good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I wondered, uh, you know, been a lot of discussion about the fight. I've heard, you know, a lot of comments that you made uh, when you guys did your little media tour and, and we talked uh, one time prior to this conference call. You know, I wonder, after all the, the, the big fights you've had and, and the titles and the money and the, all the stuff, what is your motivation to keep fighting at your age? My motivation is back pay, and I'm a late bloomer, 
and I am a late start in everything in boxing. If you look at my history for years, um, the last five years has been a blessing for Bernard Hopkins and, and my family, and and, I, and and it reflects that. And, and I've done well. I've done well uh, in the ring, and I've done well, um, in, in, you know, out of, you know, in financing and dealing with Richard Schaefer, who's who come from the financial banking industry. I've made some great investments. But in, in saying that, um, I am a late bloomer. Uh, whether uh, history reflects uh, whether it was worth it or not, I can tell you it was um, for the years that I, that, that I didn't get the chance to shine. And you wrote about it many years, and, you know, some uh, believe that my decisions was going in the wrong direction, and it bought me time. It bought me time to be here at 40-plus uh, years old, still doing what I do at my best. And, and, and that's what I tell people over and over. I say, this you understand, that Bernard Hopkins haven't had uh, the opportunities that other fighters in my era or before me uh, early in their career where they're, they're not even around anymore. I mean, I, didn't, I mean, David Reed and came and left. It's a gold medal winner. Jermaine Teller is, 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 is on the verge of a big question when he fights Jeff Lacey. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm still, I'm still here. And I'm still around, so if you can do it, and you can do it in respect of your legacy and yourself, and you're not disrespecting it, then why not, Dan? Why not? I mean, you've been writing over 10 years, and, and, and it ain't physical boxing, but in the same token, if you still have it in your blood and your veins, and you still have it in your heart and your desire to get up in the morning, to, to be able to travel city to city and write about this and write about that, just look at that as a boxer. If I'm willing to take my body through five to six weeks of, of pain and then see the rewards, then I think that should be more looked at than why I'm doing it. And I'm doing it for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons. And I think that's more more, more of, of me doing than more of me trying to explain it. Well, I want to ask you this then as a follow-up to that. Uh, do you ever think about, am I going to do this one fight too long? In other words, at what point do you think, and I know you can still do it. Obviously, you know, I thought you won the Calzaghe fight. We've discussed that. But at what point do you say, you know what, enough is enough. Why push my luck? It, it, it's, it's not luck. You know, um, you know, luck didn't get me out of the penitentiary without getting, without getting uh, 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 killed, stabbed, raped, or whatever. Luck didn't uh, get me out of the ghetto and turn my life around. Hard work creates luck. And so, you know, Luck and Bernard Hopkins are enemies because I believe that everything that's been mapped out for Bernard Hopkins, even the bad stuff, has been part of my legacy to make the character that I became and a person that I became, not only a family man, not only with my wife, not only with my sport and my, athletic, my athletics and the sport of boxing, but it has a lot to do with my whole demeanor. And that's something that Kelly Pavlik and I'm a blessed not to have in one way, but it's been something that worked for me. And what worked for me is where I've come from, where I've been at. I never second-guess my, my decisions. I never second-guess my decisions because I think long and hard about the decisions I make before I say I do. And, and, if, and if a person do that, then they will stay out of the penitentiary like I've done for 20-plus years. See, Dan, this is going way beyond boxing. When I made my decision that I wasn't going back to the penitentiary, I had no money. I had no fame. I had no star power. How did I pull that off? So luck and Bernard Hopkins doesn't rhyme, doesn't I didn't rhyme, mean it in doesn't the, go together. I didn't mean it in a specific sense of luck. I just meant, you know, it gets to a point where you, you've had a lot of fights, you get a little bit older. I mean, I think even you would admit, as good as you still are, you're certainly not what you were, say, 2001 when you beat Trinidad. 
Uh, so at what point do you just? Well, I, I just, I, I just say if I am not, if I am not the same person that I was, if I'm not, excuse me, not the same person that I was in 2001, then I want someone to prove that by putting me on my ass, by making me look like I shouldn't be in the ring. I haven't heard Dan Raphael say that. I haven't heard the Tom Houses of the world. I haven't heard the credible writers, the credible experts, Bert Sugar. I never, I haven't, as of yet, as of yet, I haven't heard someone say that of credibility that I respect and that boxing world respect. So why would I, why would I think about something that's not even in my even least of, 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 of thinking? You know, my, my whole thing is, if you think about bad, bad it happened to you. If you think about whether you can do or you can't, that becomes another burden on you. I don't need that in my life. Only thing I need to know is, can I prepare myself mentally and physically to go to battle? And I say yes. Okay, I'd like Richard's opinion about that if he has a minute. Richard, do you ever think about, I know you also deal with Oscar to the same degree, uh, you know, one too many fights, you know, you got to worry about that a little bit. Just your thoughts about what Bernard's saying. Look, uh, first of all, I think Bernard and Oscar are very are amazing athletes, but what they really are as well, they are very smart and very clever people. They really, they really, they really know what they are doing, and they know to listen to their body and to say, you know what, now is enough. But as long as they can compete at that top level, you know, like Bernard beating a Calzaghi, uh, Oscar, uh, a lot of people had Oscar winning the Mayweather fight. Basically, both of these guys, both of these guys winning against the two top pound-for-pound pound fighters at the time, um, you know, as long as it is like that, why should they walk away? Uh, why should they walk away? And as long as they are able to attract the kind of following they do, like you saw with Bernard, Bob mentioned it before, selling over 10,000 tickets, uh, Oscar selling out the MGM, uh, as long as there is, as long as they're embraced by the fans and they have the kind of following and they put forward the kind of performances they put forward, then why should they stop? And, 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 and one more thing, too, Dan, is, is this, is like, I look at it like, you take the two Jermaine Teller fights, and you take, and I'm just going back with history, but I'm just saying, you know, you take the Joe Galzaki fight. It's a guy full a thousand punches, or a couple hundred punches around. And, you know what I mean? And, and they make so much big thing about my age, and you got a controversy whether who won or lost a fight from a 43-year-old champion. I mean, what did, did that say that a guy should leave? Did that say that a guy should, I mean, I had, a mark, I had, I had not one mark on my face. And, again, I can get into money and get into all that stuff, but I feel that the fans really ain't get what they're supposed to get any time a, a so-called, quote-unquote, old-aging fighter uh, can't get a scratch on him by a guy seven, eight years younger. So, so my thing is, again, Richard and Dan Raphael and anybody that's listening, I know my limitations and I know my body. I haven't sparred in two days because I felt myself peaking and looking too sharp, running four foul spawn partners out of camp since I've been here. And I'm talking about young guns that has careers. That's 25, 26, 27. The oldest guy got his 29. And that because, that's because I know where my body tells me, Bernard, you need to take two days of not boxing. 
And that's Bernard knowing me. No trainer had to tell me that. Nobody had to see that. Nazim Richardson seen it. John David Jackson seen it. But I felt it. And that's the difference. And that's the edge of having experienced, having been there, done it. And again, I, you know, as a doctor told me yesterday, doing my physical, Richard and Dan, he said, Bernard, if, you know, you got a body as a 25-year-old. If you think you're 43, you're an amazing athlete based on the records of what we're looking at on this computer. You got a heartbeat that a 65-year-old man would have when you're an athlete. So, 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 so when you hear people that don't know you, don't have no agenda, they have no, no, no agenda to tell you these things and say that you have, you have made a machine out of yourself well in the age of unusual, then you ought to be proud of that. And, 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 and I, you know, they don't know, I ain't going to tell them more. I ain't going to tell them consistently. I tell them one or two times. But after that, I just got to keep showing them. I got to keep showing them. And Kelly Pavlik is the perfect opponent for me from October 18th because he comes forward, he comes to fight, and look, he wants to knock Bernard Hopkins out. At least that's what he says. But he's going to find it difficult early, and that's going to change the fight. I guarantee you, Dan, that's going to change the fight. Tito tried to walk me down. Tito had one bullet in the chamber, and that was the left hook. If Kelly Pavlik thinks he's going to beat Bernard Hopkins because he has a right hand, he's a damn fool. Next question. Thank, thank you very much, Bernard. I'll see you in AC. Thank you. Our next question is coming from Bernard Fernandez. Please go ahead. Hey, other Bernard, how are you? I'm doing good, Bernard. The other uh, Bernard. Look, over the last uh, 14 or 15 years, you've been the primary standard bearer for Philadelphia boxing, for Philadelphia's reputation as a great boxing town. But, you know, Really, there hasn't been anybody to challenge you on that. I mean, not Nate Miller or not anybody like that. Probably your um, your greatest competition for recognition in Philadelphia came from Donovan McNabb and from Allen Iverson. Then you have a kid like um, uh, Kelly Pavlik. You know, they don't have any professional sports teams. You know, he's basically following in the footsteps of a guy like Ray Mancini. And he was adored because he was the only only show in town, you know, coming 25 years after Boom Boom. You know, can you kind of reflect on on um, on your circumstances and, and how your fight has not been so much, you know, to gain recognition in the boxing world, but in your own hometown against, you know, those uh, team stars like uh, like McNabb and, um, and Allen Iverson? Well, I, I think that Philadelphia came around many years ago and, and you know, recognized um, Bernard Hopkins' um, achievements personally and also to Philadelphia. And, and I, I think Bernard, they, they, you know, it was better late than never, but they did eventually put on. And, and as yourself and, you know, your wife and, and many people from the media world in, in, in Philadelphia, um, media, media city in Philadelphia, um, came out to the parade. That was the most highlight uh, time of my professional career when it comes to recognition, to see over 15,000-plus people shut down Philadelphia at 12 noon was unbelievable. That right there was a signature that Bernard Hopkins is not only respected in Philadelphia but looked upon as the, the greats of, 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 you know, the Randall Cuttinghams, the... The, the Mike Smith 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 of the world uh, uh, from the Phillies and, and I mean it just it just it just Philly recognized and understand Bernard Hopkins and you know, a lot of that got to do with community work a lot of that got to do with you know 
where I've come from, how I've, how I've you know, changed my, my life around from being uh, A and then turn out to be B, um, or B then turn out to be A because it's higher than it be. So, but I, I, just, I, just, I just realized that people understand at the end your, your achievements, whether in sports or boxing. And we will get another great fighter in Philadelphia. Uh, we have a, young, a lot of young hidden talent there. We got Rock still in the mix. Uh, he's in camp with me. He's in Miami, been here. You got Dynamite. Um, you know all these guys since they was babies, uh, Bernard, and they're here. They've been here with me. And you know, they've been here with me training and running with me because I want them to see how an athlete's supposed to train. We in Miami. We in the bed at 9. We up at 5.30 in Miami. So, when, you know, when, when people listen to this interview, they got to they gotta understand, can't too many athletes in any sport train in South Beach, Miami, and stay disciplined. But when you, have, when, you, when you have that mentality and you have that zeal, that's hard to break an individual or convince an individual before the fight by reading stuff that he don't agree with or by hearing things that he don't agree with that you beat me before I give myself a chance to win. And, 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 and Philly has a history of great fighters. We lost a little luxury because there's not a lot of young fighters that want to be boxers in the streets of Philadelphia. Unfortunately, they're killing each other. But you got Bernard Hopkins, who's that hope, who's that inspiration, and who's that real, real, uh, realistic individual in, the, in, in, in their society that they can relate to. And that's where Bernard Hopkins get his, his respect from and so on. And it would, it would last way long after my career. I throw a punch or two in the ring uh, from now on. And, and, and you know, I just, I'm just, you know, proud of that. Bernard, I hope I answered the question. I was long with it. But my, my thing is Kelly Pavlik, back to him, I respect Kelly Pavlik. A lot of people are surprised that, like, I never respected any fighter. Even though I talk trash to a fighter, I say what I feel, that doesn't mean I don't respect him. That just means that I'm telling how I feel right now. But Kelly Pavlik come up through that era in his own world, Columbus, Ohio. He understands what it is. He's, he's like a guy that lives in Kensington. And, Bernard, you know the neighborhood of Kensington. There's a mixture of cultures there. It's black and white. And they don't look at color in Kensington because everybody's poor. They don't look at color over there in some parts of the Northeast, in Philadelphia. I know those spots. Kelly Pavley can walk in North Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, South Philadelphia. Might get in a fight or two, but after he fights, he'll get their respect. Win or lose because that's the kind of guy, he, that's the kind of mentality he brings to the table. I recognize that, and that's why I know what I have to do to him, and that's why I know it's be a long Punish him, fight for him, because he won't quit. He's not going to run, and he's not going to try to be a boxer all of a sudden. And that's where he falls in the hands of the executioner. Thanks. Thank you. Our next question is coming from Michael David Smith. Please go ahead. Hey, Bernard. I think uh, George Foreman was 48 when he had his last fight. Could you still be fighting at that age or maybe even longer? No. No. And, I, and I'm going to tell you why. And, and, you know, A, George Foreman's a heavyweight. And, you know, other than the Muhammad Ali's of the world and the young Larry Holmes, the heavyweights can sit flat-footed in quicksand and throw a punch and knock you out 
in my weight division or anything under heavyweight, reflexes is very important. Be able to move from left to right at the drop of a dime is very important. And the first thing that goes on a fighter is his legs, then his, then his reflexes. So to answer that question, no. At 48 years old, to try to be boxing, and I'm not a heavyweight, and I probably never get up to the heavyweight because I'm a, I'm, I'm a fitness fanatic, I'll be a sitting duck and I'll be embarrassing my long history of achievements and legacy. So how many more fights do you have left, do you think? I have one October 18th on HBO pay-per-view with Kelly Pavlin. That's it? We will not put the cart in front of the horse. The horse will be in front of the cart, and then I'll talk to you after that. Okay, thanks, Bernard. All right. Thank you. Our next question is coming from George Willis. Please go ahead. Hello, Bernard. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I wanted to get your response to some comments that Freddie Roach made a while back. I guess it was an article that Ron Borges did, and he said that he was a little bit concerned about you for this fight because four times during the Calzaghe fight, you started walking to the wrong corner. I'm sure you heard those comments. Just wanted to get your reaction. Yeah, I, I heard them comments, and I, I, I don't know if yourself seen the fight on tape or if you – I'm pretty sure you was at the fight. Yeah. But I, I haven't seen – but maybe one time when I got spent around by being broken from – being broken – breaking up from the referee and, you know, being caught up in in the fight and zoned zone out or zoned in, you know, I see myself going to a wrong corner. That happens in boxing. It happened not only to me. It happened many boxers did it, but – I didn't count four. I didn't count two. And I don't know if you've seen something that I didn't see, uh, but I didn't see that I went to the corner two or three times or whatever. I, I, you know, Freddie Roach, to me, is a guy that that that's in the top three trainers of the year. I got mad respect for Freddie Roach, and I still do. And, you know, you're dealing with a guy that's 34 and with 30 knockouts. I mean, he's concerned about me. And, and there's a lot of other people who's concerned about Bernard Hawkins that really care about me. But I will be okay. I'm, I'm not a fool. Uh, I am a thinker, and I am a guy that uh, will take the big challenges and show people. I've been down this road before, and people, you know, people is going to come to Atlantic City. They're going to watch it on HBO pay-per-view. They're going to come to Atlantic City, and they're going to see an expert at his craft doing what he do best. And, and it's going to expose a lot of things that Kelly Pavlik is going to have to work on. And, and hopefully he'll be ready to, to pick his career back up, and I'll be able to root for him on the other side uh, as he moves on, hopefully, and, and, and I'll do what I have to do. But in the meantime, uh, Bernard Hopkins will show that not only uh, am I ready for this fight and, and no problems with me physically, that Bernard Hopkins is going to show that he has a, a lot left if you want to continue to go forward, but... I will beat this fight, and I will beat it impressively, and I will show the world that Bernard Hopkins is, is, is one of the greats as they labeled me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure you're not going to give away your game plan, but have you seen uh, weaknesses, uh, openings in Kelly Pavlik that, that you know you'll be able to exploit during the fight? Everybody has weakness, even I. Everybody has weakness. There's no perfect fighter, and there never be. When I punch... I leave myself open. When Kelly Pavlik's punched, he leaves someone. He leaves himself open. 
every time you throw a punch, you leave yourself vulnerable to get countered. It's who counter first and who gets there. You got an offensive guy and you got a defensive guy. That's a perfect match. That's a perfect match. You got a guy to come forward and you got a guy that specializes in guys coming forward so he can let them punch so he can punch. That's what that that's been my game. So there will be no strategy put out there for people to hear listen, but it will be a fight where you know a Mack truck is coming. And can Bernard Hopkins derail the Mack truck? Mm -hmm. I'll say I will flatten the tires. I'll say I will flatten the tires. It will slow up, and then it will cock out. All right, champ. Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome. All right. Thank you. Our next question is coming from Joe Maxey. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bernard. Joe Maxey from Cleveland. Hey, Cleveland. Joe Maxey. How you doing? All right, good. Um, do I got snow up there? got snow up there yet? No, we got plenty of rain, though. Okay. Um, are you aware historically that I mean I, there are very few forty-year-old forty-year-olds have won a world title. You can very few guys, and I'm not sure. I can name a, I can name I can name one. Well, Foreman obviously comes to mind, and then you go way back to another heavyweight. But uh, Jersey Joe Walcott. I don't believe he was forty. Jersey Charles, yeah, thirty-nine, forty. Yeah, I think he was forty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, and what what's been the difference, if you can maybe spe specifically, what's the difference between when you were fighting 20 and when you were fighting 30 and now fighting 40? What what the are numbers. the changes that you've you've had to make? The changes that I had to make basically is you know, don't work so hard. When you're young, you know you you got all this young energy, and a lot of it you waste. I've learned now to be more more patient and not worry about things you can't fix. So, that, you know, that's the difference of, 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 I think it's just life in general. But in box, I've learned, I've learned to, to, as I got older, I learned to really be able to relax and, and not get caught up in trying to prove to people that I'm not even fighting in the ring. I really had to learn that because I always wanted to make my point so strong and so clear. And I've been more right than wrong in everything and everything I did in my career if you go by the record. So, no, I'm not the same fighter that I was in tw at 20 or 30. And I'm not, I'm not, nobody expected me to be. But I am and I have enough. And this state, this state of game, this, this stage of the game, of boxing in 2008 to not only win but to survive and win and bring the experience in the ring to be able to offset any young energy, any young brash energy that thinks that it's going to run in there and just steamroll the old man and that's it. You need more than just that for a guy that seen everything, basically done just about everything, what style that I haven't fought? What puncher that I haven't fought in my 20-year career? I fought a lot of good potential, could have been great fighters until they ran into the executioner. I stopped a lot of people's dreams from becoming champions with 21 middleweight title defenses. Kelly Pavlik would never make that. 
Jermaine Teller tried. He did what, two, three? So I'm bringing that to the table October 18th. I'm not underestimating anybody. I never do. But I'm telling you, if you're coming in there with one bullet or two bullets in the chamber, it doesn't matter. You already lost the fight, Chella Kelly Pavlik. You need more than that. And I'm going to prove it. Thank you. And just Kelly Swanson, right at the end of this, what, what, what are the odds going for on the fight here? You guys can answer that later. Uh, best of um, luck to you, Bernard. Thank you. What do you say? What is what? What are the odds on the fight right now? Four to one. Four to one. Four to one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bernard, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Our next question is coming from Jordan Ingram. Please go ahead. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Hopkins, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, well, first of all, um, the question I wanted to ask was, uh, at are you trying to, uh, like, you know, a lot of your fights have, uh, like, recently have ended in decisions, and, you know, I'm a, I'm like, and a couple of them have been controversial, which you and everybody else have said. <clears throat> and, and, like, going into the Kelly Pavlik fight, in the back of your mind, do you kind of think, you know what, like, this time I want to, like, kind of, in a way, keep it out of the judges' hands so I possibly can't get jerked by the, by the, by the judges? partner's hand and congratulate me and, and we all go about our business, but it don't, doesn't work like that all the time. You want, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, I would love to go in there and, and do that and get out of there and there's no judges, there's no scorecards. Um, will I put pressure on myself to, to be out of character uh, if the opportunity doesn't present itself? No. I'm too, too much of a seasoned veteran to do that. What I will what I would do is leave no question, no question uh, who won this fight. And, and I think that different places of the world, whether it's Vegas, whether it's uh, the Dubai, boxing shows around the world, certain styles. And, you know, some people just doesn't don't recognize uh the offense makes a good defense and if a guy is getting credit for throwing punches then a guy should get credit for not getting hit by him but you know we can be on the phone with that all day but at the end of the day man i think that not Aggressive, aggressive, and 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 who's winning the fight? So, you know, I had some great moments uh, uh, in Atlantic City, and you remember I lost my first fight. If you don't remember, I did, and I've rebounded. And I've won a lot of groups fighting close to where they live, and I'm closer than where Kelly lives, but we're we're, we're on the East Coast, and I like that opportunity to show my fans that Bernard Hopkins. Um, is ready and willing and able to show my greatness come October 18th. Thank you. Our next question is coming from Eduardo Ojada. Please go ahead. Uh, Bernard, um, is there any chance that you will retire after uh, the fight with the uh, public? Uh, say it again. I couldn't hear that. Uh, is it possible that uh, uh, the fight with the public may be your last fight? 
Is it possible? Anything, anything is possible. It's possible that it won't be my last fight. It's possible that it might be my last fight. And, and again, you know, at, at, at 43 years old, and, again, I'm going to use what most people always remind me of my age, is that, you know, I don't plan for boxing in the future at this age. I just plan to fight the historic big fights that mean something and go to the next stage when the next stage comes. When I was 20 around 30, I mean, I thought 10 years from now. I mean, think about it. When a person, you know, if I'm working on a job and I've been there 20 years, I'm not thinking about working another 10 to 15 years, even though I could. You know, so, 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 you know, in this case, my age do hurt me when it comes to whether I'm going to fight for the next three or four years because, I mean, you know, who plans like that at the stage that, you know, it's already a blessing that I am. We're talking about a guy that's way past his 30 and still in demands by the, by, by the door receipts that people do come and see from what happens and by the pay-per-view numbers that I generate. I mean, i got to have a dance partner that, that makes sense. But at the same time, that's Bernard Hopkins bringing that to the table. So I, I'll say enjoy me while I'm here. Enjoy, enjoy October 18th with Kelly Pavlin. Enjoy that fight. And then if, if Bernard Hopkins uh, feels that he wants to come back and do something after the victory, then we'll deal with that. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Hopkins. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you. I think that is it. Um, okay. And we appreciate your time, Bernard. I know you're off to the gym right away. Yep, so I got my bag right here. There's one last thing you want to say, or Richard Schaefer, one last thing you want to say? Go ahead, Richard. Well, thank you all for being on this call. Uh, it shows you a kind of event this is. All key writers uh, were on the phone. I think there were some excellent questions. And, uh, you know, we're going to see uh, who is going to take it, Public or Hopkins. My money is on Hopkins. Uh, Saturday, October 18th, live on pay-per-view from Atlantic City. I'll see you all there. Thank you so much. Bernard? I approve that message. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody.